It's Monday the 21st of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee who's been down the south coast, no doubt been to his dad's bar and played golf with his son. It's been quite extraordinary really. Mate, had an awesome weekend mate. Uh, I took Tom out of school Friday and uh, for all those teachers out there I'm sorry but... uh we needed a boys' weekend. We needed to get away from the girls, he reckons, <laughs> from his sisters. Um, but we had a lovely weekend, mate. Uh, cooked up some meat. We uh, played some golf, played a bit of tennis. It was good fun. You wonder whether the teachers would be saying, thank you, one less kid in the class. <laughs> oh, we've got plenty to talk about today. Of course, Qatar, the World Cup is finally underway and underwhelming for the home nation. Mitchell Stark and the $10 million IPL snub. And what about this finish in the NBL? The Kings, the buzzer beater. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Shane, uh, we're underway in Qatar and uh, 92-year history broken because Qatar became the first host nation to lose an opener. Uh, in 92 years. You just have a feeling that this World Cup, Soccer World Cup, is going to be littered with uh, with issues. Um, and, yeah, as you said, 92 years uh, history uh, that the host team loses the first game of the tournament. Um, they played Ecuador, Qatar, uh, in front of 67,000 people. Big crowd there, uh, but went down 2-0. So not a great start. The opening ceremonies were, were quite good. I actually taped those, Tim, and they were on about 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and watch it. Yeah, Morgan Freeman led the charge in front of the Crown Prince. It was uh, they were promoting uh, inclusivity um, and uh, and mankind living uh, under one tent. So uh, they mean well. Let's see if they can actually live those words. One of the great voices when Andy Dufresne came to Shawshank. Oh, yes. Yeah, two choices. Um, Morgan <laughs> Freeman, what a voice. Um, and what about this Socceroos attacker, Martin Boyle? Uh, this is a real blow before, you know, a ball is kicked in an- anger for the Socceroos. They've already got a tough battle against, um, you know, France and a really difficult pool. Yeah, Martin Boyle would be absolutely shattered. Like, World Cups only come around once every four years and you know, you've got, you've got to be lucky enough to be at the right age and the right um, in the right form at the right time. And, um, yeah, he uh, couldn't overcome a knee injury. Um, so he's out of the team now. That, that allows, um, you know, one man's bad luck is another man's fortune. Melbourne City forward Marco Tylo um, has been now added to the squad. So uh, his fortunes have changed. But, yeah, Martin Boyle would be, would be devastated. Ange Postacoglu not too happy with the way it all finished for Celtic out here. Yeah, they didn't didn't really look that good, did they? They, they looked good um, most of the on most of the paddock, but in front of the goals, they just couldn't couldn't get them in. Um, yeah, they they lost uh, the match 
um, against uh, their old rivals Everton, and which puts them out of the Sydney Super Cup. So they go home. But yeah, as, as Ange said, he said, look, that we were pretty happy with the way that we played most of the game, but just in front of goals, we couldn't put them away. Now, look, with the congested cricket season, and Australia did well, didn't they, winning the second game at the SCG. So that's two uh, one-day victories to win the series. There's another one to come. But Mitchell Stark and many of the other players, we saw this with Pat Cummins last week, have to make decisions in and around who they play for, when they play. And, uh, you know, there's only 365 days a year. So he's um, explained why he's not going to the IPL. Yeah, well, he hasn't played in the IPL since 2015. So the last seven seasons over there, he has decided not to play due to it's the only time of the year where he can give his body a rest and can see his family. And they've worked out that's probably cost him $10 million. But if you look at the longevity of his career, it's the right thing to do. And look, he makes a good point. It is impossible now to play all three formats, to play test cricket, 50-over cricket and T20, it's totally impossible because if you look at the T20 World Cup final finished, four days later they're playing mm. um, three one-day games against England. It's just impossible. It, it is really um, it is cheapening the product of cricket and it's giving a lot of players the opportunity to play for their country when probably they don't deserve it. <laughs> um, yes, you've got to be playing right at the right time, but it's allowing a lot of people actually to, to pull on the green and gold when you know it's probably more due to players not being able to um, live up to the, the workload. Yeah, and before we pull out the violin for Mitchell Stark, I don't think he's heading mm. to Centrelink anytime soon. No, he's not. Um, no. Good win for the special Ks. This is great ahead of the uh, the Australian Open in January. Yeah, brilliant. And look, they uh, the, they have ability to come back, don't they? Which, they're showing some real fight, particularly Nick Kouros. He really stepped up here. They were one one set down playing Dogic and, and Frejacek. Uh, they lost 3-6 in the first set. They won the second set 6-4, but then in a tie break, they won 10-6 and uh, they showed absolute passion. So it's a really, really good sign, as you said, uh, leading up to the Australian Open. And Novak Djokovic, uh, a win in the tournament in Italy for him. He became the oldest one to win that. He's in his mid-30s now and uh, he's responded to being allowed to come into Australia, which, you know, I, I, in my view, I thought it was common sense in the end. Yeah, he, he feels very humbled and uh, he feels very grateful that he's allowed to come back here. He said it's one of his favourite tournaments. He's won it so many times. And um, as I said before, I think he'll come back. I think he'll cop a lot of flack. He'll be a lot of booing. But that'll just um, make him, <laughs> give him even more steel, this guy. He's, he's a good chance of winning this. If I was a betting man, I'd be putting money on him to win the Australian Open. Yeah, well, he's won a couple before. Yeah, so uh, yep. Novak Djokovic in extraordinary form. And uh, I did hear an interview with him post-match. Uh, I think it might have been after his semi-final. And he was referring to his childhood and, and how he grew up during the war and in a large family. And a lot of that just gets brushed down the river with his story. So uh, there is a little bit of mm. dimension to the Novak Djokovic story. Now, Rory McIlroy, um, him and Cameron Smith aren't swapping Christmas cards, and uh, he wants Greg Norman out of the live tour scene so the two, PGA and Liv, can come together. Now, I don't think the Sharks going to be leaving anytime soon. No way in the world. And uh, and Rory McIlroy, he's, he's using terms like, we've got to get the child out of the room. He's referring to Greg Norman. But it hasn't just come a long way in just a short amount of time. The PGA said mm. they were never going to align with Liv. Now Rory McAvoy is saying we need to bring the PGA and Liv together. And that's happened almost overnight, it feels like, Tim. Um, so they realise now they have to make this a, a, a one tournament almost and uh, and and make room for both, both the competitions. 
But then Roy McAvoy comes up and says, well, I've now won 21 PGA Tour wins, one more than the other guy. And he's referring to Greg Norman. Just petty stuff. It is a bit, but uh, look, you yep. and I both discussed it, both predicted it. At some point, they will come together because yep. it's impossible to try and go in your own direction. And we've seen it with all or many other sports in the past. And, and well done to Paul Smith, our mate here on Afternoon Sport, of course, the owner of the Sydney mm. Kings. They're flying high. They're on top of the table. And basketball really is getting plenty of interest uh, in this country again. And a buzzer beater victory over the arch rivals, the Illawarra Hawks. That was sensational. So well done to the Sydney Kings. Stay with us. We've got all the AFL Rugby League and plenty more. Afternoon Sport. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this spring is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. We're inching closer to a Tasmanian team in the AFL show. We are very, very close. And now to the point where both um, the AFL and um, the Tasmanian Premier both said, we're so close to getting a deal done here. So the good sign is for the Tasmanian people who love their AFL is that um, the Tasmanian government have agreed to $12 million over 12 years um, to go into the game of football down there. Mm. Um, and then they need to build a stadium for $750 million with a roof on it because it rains so much in Tassie. Yeah. Um, they have 50% commitment from the government. Now they'll go out to private equity to get the uh, the other half of that, which they'll get, I think, quite comfortably for, for, a, um, for, for a sporting asset like this. Yeah, it just makes sense. just makes sense. It does. Now, yep. Geelong's... Uh, Legend Joel Selwood. He was at the club for a long, long time. Will he switch codes? He's going over to the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, he's always been touted as a potential coach in AFL, um, but he's been brought over by the by the Melbourne Storm um, under a leadership coach role. Um, and he says he wants to experience other sports. Um, so he's doing a bit of, yeah, maybe he's getting away from the game of AFL for a year or so, um, learn some stuff from other sports and then bring that back to AFL when the time is right. Yeah, I think idea. It, yeah, I reckon yeah. it'll be a, a, a great bonus for uh, the Melbourne Storm to have a guy like Joel Selwood. Mm. Um, yeah, Australia did well uh, beating Samoa. They didn't smash them, did they? Uh, there are a couple of incidents throughout the course of the game, but um, we won the World Cup in both the men's and the women's rugby league. Yeah, it looked good, didn't we? Um, but yeah, it wasn't a walkover. Uh, the score, 30 to 10 in the end, Australia over Samoa. But um, it definitely wasn't a one-way street. They, they, they hung in there. Um, the Samoan coach, Matt Parrish, has, has blown up and he said that uh, Angus Crichton should have been sent off, not sent to the sin bin, mm. and it would have given pretty much Samoa you know, most of second half against Australia with only 12 players, but that wasn't to be. Um, Australia dominant in the end. Uh, Cleary, he, he had a decent game, not great. He still wasn't kicking that well, but um, Australia just had too much talent all over the paddock. Yeah, they did, and the Gillaroos. Well, they were they were big winners over the Kiwis. Yep. A ten try demolition there, genuinely excruciating. That's the headline for the Wallabies. Uh, they did well against Ireland, but again, just not getting the chockies. Well, this is their third consecutive close loss, close defeat. Mm. Um, Thirteen ten. They got habit. a late pen. 
they got oh, a bad habit to get into. They got a late penalty, 13-10 down, mm. and decided to go for the try and uh, and stuffed it up. So they lost 13-10. They, they, they could have forced a draw with a kick there, but going for the chocolates. And, um, yeah, not, it would be a really, really um, demoralising team to be part of at the moment, uh, being, a, being a Wallaby. Yeah, wouldn't it? What Daniel Ricciardo got the contract at Red Bull, but he's um, going to be a reserve driver. Yeah, he's he's uh, his days are numbered. Um, look, he had his best finish. I think he finished tenth um, in this uh, Grand Prix, but um, the the writing's on the wall for him. And a little bit of a West Indian flavour to finish us off today, Shana. Yeah, well, um, uh, many moons ago, when I started playing my first grade career career at Campbelltown, they had a big West Indian fast bowler called Ken McLeod. Um, he was regarded amongst some of the greatest fast bowlers by Clive Lloyd. Um, he probably just didn't have the mental resilience, but he was a big, tall, fit left-arm West Indian fast bowler. Um, and when I was 15, playing my first first-grade game, I couldn't believe how fast this guy was, and I was actually petrified just to be standing in slips to him. Um, well, he got a, a job in the off-season at Campbelltown Pool as a lifeguard because he looked so fantastic in his red, his red swimmers. He had the, had the abs, the, the big <laughs> West Indian body, um, and it was all going swimmingly well. The girls would come up and often talk to him until someone started to drown and he dived in the pool and couldn't swim. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an important part of the resume. Yeah, a very, very good fast bowler, not a very good swimmer, but um, yeah, Kenny McLeod, one of the legends, now lives in Canberra, mm. um, and I only saw him a few years ago. He's a, he's a cracking bloke and geez, you could bowl quick. And just confirming everyone survived the moment in the pool. <laughs> they, they did. He was tall enough to actually walk around anyway. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors. Barclay, Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back on board tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts? Like Lunch with Lee, former cricketer Shane Lee talks to celebrities, sports people, musicians, politicians and more about sports, music and business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon Sport.